1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Starting Line podcast with me, Rich Lee. It's an interview podcast where we talk to incredible people and find out why they are who they are. Today's is a funny one because Christian, you'll have seen his name hopefully on the episode, Christian Leroy Duncan, is a professional mixed martial artist. He fights in the UFC and he's from our hometown of Gloucester. Christian has said to me a number of times, man, I don't know why you invited me onto this podcast, look at the guest list, and that just speaks to the humility and the kind of guy that Christian is. Now, Christian was the middleweight champion of Cage Warriors, and if the UFC is the Champions League, Cage Warriors is the Premier League. So, he's a middleweight champ, defended his title, and was undefeated in Cage Warriors, and made the jump up to the UFC, fighting in London on the same card at UFC 286, as Leon Edwards, who defended his title against Kamaru Usman, and it was just a fantastic night for British MMA. And Christian's fight was—it was a funny one. It only lasted about 40 seconds because his opponent got a knee injury. So not quite the debut Christian would have wanted, but a winning debut nonetheless. We recorded this interview a few weeks before Christian's next fight, his second fight in the UFC, against Armand Petrosian. Christian lost that fight, that second fight in the UFC, which Dana White had pumped up. Dana, in his, and if you don't know, now you know, dubbed it the fight to watch. And it was a great fight, but Christian lost on points, and it just wasn't his night. And, you know, I've spoken to him since, and he said that, you know, there are a few things that weren't quite right in the prep. But he is fighting again in November, his third fight fighting the UFC and it'll be his second in Las Vegas when he fights Cesar Almeida I think for any professional sports person a loss is hard to take and Christian obviously went back to the drawing board looked at it all but I think you've got to be realistic with this you're putting two men both trying to take each other's heads off into a cage and What happens, happens. You know, we've just seen Sean Strickland beat Israel Adesanya in something of a shock victory and it just shows anything can happen on the night. You know, Sean had lost six professional fights, I think, or has lost six professional fights and now he's middleweight champion of the world. So the same division that Christian fights in, it's all up for grabs. MMA is an incredible sport. UFC is a phenomenal promotion and if you're a fan, you're going to love this. If you're not a fan of MMA, there's still a lot to pick out of this. So... Enjoy it, take from it that elite fighter mentality, that elite sportsman mentality. There's a lot to take from this and some really poignant moments, so I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you, as ever, for supporting this podcast by listening, by reviewing. Five stars, always lovely. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for coming back on some of my social media questions. I've been asking who you want me to be interviewing, so head to social media. Go to Starting Line Show on Instagram, on TikTok on Twitter, go to the Starting Line Podcast on Facebook and find those posts, comment, respond, tell me who you want me to be speaking to because, you know, we've recorded the first series pretty much now, I think, and we're going to want more. We're going to need more. So I am excited to keep bringing you great guests every Monday and I want to hear from you. I want to know who you want me to speak to. You can also email hello at startinglinepod.com. Go on startanlinepod.com, the website, I have a little gander, and yeah, I'm just really proud of what we're putting together so far. So thank you very, very much for supporting. So without further ado, I bring to you Christian Leroy Duncan. Christian. Hello. How, mate. <laughs> How you doing? No, no, thank you for doing this. I've been, as I've said to you for as long as we've known each other, I've wanted to, I've wanted to do this podcasting thing for 10 years or so now. It's, it's it's annoying me that I've not done it. I'm getting bored of myself I'm, and I'm sure my friends are getting bored of hearing me talking about it. Um, you've not known me long enough yet to have got bored of me talking about it, I hope, or anything, but um, we're here. Yeah, um, yeah Thank right you it. so much. So you are in camp right now?
0: Yeah, deep in camp at the moment. We have around three weeks to the event day mm. and we leave. This fight's gonna be my first fight in the States. Yeah. It's in Las Vegas. Amazing, man. Um, so we're flying out in two weeks time, a week before, just to, adjust to the altitude and the time the time zone difference. But yeah, this point in camp is, is grueling, you know, it's it's the tough, I'll tough part of camp. I say minimum three times a day. That's minimum. A, that's including <laughs> <laughs> that's including um, our like training. <laughs> this, but um that's kind of the routine that we found works for works for us, you know, right. getting everything in. What sort of stuff you doing? I'm at the moment um, it's a mix of things obviously mixed martial arts it's kind of structured mornings more technical mm-hmm. afternoons is my strength conditioning and then the evenings will be the sparring like pad work that kind of stuff
1: anything in particular that you're working on for, for your opponent yeah
0: yeah so this opponent is um a striker so right he's a well He's stand up right yeah stand up that's right He's um, well-established kickboxer. Got some good accolades in the kickboxing before he got to the UFC and its martial arts. And I say that's his strong point. Watching his fights doesn't really tend to go into the grappling area too much. Really? Whereas all well, my past opponents, well, you could see ninety percent of them were strong grapplers. So this is going to be good to actually get a good fight on the
1: on the feet. Have fun. Nice. And do you feel like you're more of a stand-up fighter? Do you feel like? That's where you come to I would you...
0: say, I would say starting my career as an amateur, definitely. Yeah.
1: I think most people probably, if you don't come into mixed martial arts from that kind of grappling wrestling background, you, you tend to start with kickboxing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the easiest thing to, to do, you know, just your hands up, throw two punches, throw <laughs> two kicks. When it gets to the grappling and wrestling, it's a lot more detail and the structure to it. I began straight away to find kind of fall in love with the grappling and wrestling. Yeah. I don't know why, just because of my creativity I brought from basketball. I could kind of just have fun with things on the floor. So I'm just doing like all these different kind of rolls and flips, which isn't really common. So I just had fun with it. So we've not really seen
1: that yet, have we? No,
0: not yet. Again, like I said, I haven't actually been forced into these positions yeah. to, have to have to do it. It just hasn't come come about yet. But I'm sure it will.
1: This guy, I think he's gone the distance the last few fights, hasn't he? Yeah. You don't tend to go the distance. You tend to finish.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're hoping for? If it happens, it happens, you know. I say this every time, I don't force anything. But yeah. if it comes, it just happens to come. I guess it's just my style of fighting. And if I see, a, if I see an opening, then I'm going to take You're it. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Of course, ready.
1: always ready. Do you know what's funny? Is, you know, I said that I've, I've been doing a tiny bit. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm that, yeah. You know, mid-30s cliche now, yeah. thinking, right, I'm not playing rugby, so what else am I doing? So I started MMA with Lyle. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Doing defence yesterday? And it's so much to think about. I can't imagine then a man in front of me wanted to take my head off thinking about all these things. It's, what was you doing? So what we kind were of doing um, just leg checks, yeah, um, yeah. You know, body check, like body cover, yeah. kind of, you know, answering the phone. Yeah, covering, yeah, okay. you know, that's what he called it. So,
0: he brought those like the long noodle. Yeah, he, he hit me with noodles out? just constantly.
1: So at the end, he was like, right, I'm coming at you combos. And he's just like, head, body, leg. And I didn't see any of it coming. I'm just yeah. getting smacked yeah. left and right. <laughs> and and you, you, it's almost like you forget everything. I've never done any of this. I guess that's a funny Fresh. thing. That's... It's so, like, it's brand new. And I just feel like an absolute idiot. And that's why I love it. You know what I mean? I'm super curious about, like, getting better at it. Yeah, um, you No intention I'm... of doing what you're doing. None. <laughs>
0: just having fun with it.
1: Just having fun with it. And I think, you know, because the gyms are well and good, isn't it? And, yeah. And all that. But it's, you know, it's fun. So what got you into MMA in the first place?
0: I was playing basketball um, when I left school. I went to Bristol because that was that locally. That's the best academy for basketball. It's one of the top ones in the country. Where was it? Filton College in Bristol. Yeah, Filton College. I was kind of playing a bit here, but wasn't really serious. I was doing like one day on a weekend. It
1: was like the Blazers. Was yeah, Blazers. Blazers? Costa
0: Blazers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, Blazers. That was like on a Saturday, and my school didn't have a basketball team, so we I just played at break time. And then I used to travel to Gloucester College because I knew a few guys there. I was in school still, but because I was familiar with them, they brought me along in the summertime to the camp that they had at the college. So I would play a lot with them. And then my game within a year went through the roof. Just because you're playing with better people. Exactly. A lot older, a lot more physical. Um, Then I just caught up to their level. And then i was i was going to go to gloucester college but then the coach taught me into looking at bristol just because again it's one of the top academies yeah. and he said it's a, if you want to take it to where you
1: telling me so you were doing like a levels or something like the equivalent at college while also playing or was it all basketball no it was all basketball all so basketball. i did um so the course i enrolled on was called the ace course right
0: which is advanced apprenticeship in sporting excellence and oh. it's specific for basketball so the governing body basketball england had this qualification which goes with it and um Essentially you gain a qualification in basketball where you can go to coaching and sport and et cetera. But then I had um I had my college course to go along with it, which was I think B Tech Sport mm-hmm. as well. Whatever I was doing, I was, I didn't care what course I was doing, I just wanted to go to play As long as you play basketball, yeah. yeah. So um yeah, I went to the trials, got selected for the team and I spent two years there in Philton. Uh, we won the national championships under under 18 national cup as well. For my two years there.
1: What what other teams in the country here?
0: Um you've got London got a good, te- good, few teams in London. And Manchester were one of the top, one of the favourites, which is one of the teams that were in the final four. But we played London in the finals of- under eighteen, and he
1: still won.
0: And yeah, yeah, but there's an athletic they, team, man. I
1: bet they hated that some kids from the southwest. Yeah, out of nowhere. And, you know, <laughs> this I is it. it. This is it. Where where was that played?
0: That was in Manchester. That was in Manchester. It was right. actually in Manchester, the final. So you had the final right. fours, which is two days. And then you got the yeah final four teams. And then the second day, you'll go into the final two. What position right. did you play? I played a two or a three. Right. Which is that like shooting guard. Right, okay. For my size, that's quite... Usually you'd be a lot taller player. Yeah, two
1: or six, two, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So typically that's a point guard. Yes. You know, that kind of size there. But because our team was quite small, I had to fill other roles. Yeah. And because of my my physicality at that point then, yeah, it, it made sense at the time. But in my third year, I was um, debating what to do, whether to stay another year or come back to Gloucester. Um, and the Gloucester coach, I was speaking to him and you know, we kind of had a plan set, if I come back, what we'll do. So I come back for my third year. And then here in Gloucester, we won the championship for the league here. And um, it's not as high as the league, but for me, it was more about the time I was playing and the experience I gained, because I was, like I said, over there, I'm one of the bigger players. So I have to fill other roles, which yeah. realistically in the top, Top end of the season. just not going to... Then at the end of the year, things didn't really go to plan. I wanted to go out to the States at this point. Just things fell through. Best way to put it. Just things fell through. Were you,
1: were you looking at anywhere? Like universities in the States?
0: I was just going to get a mixtape of all my games, like my highlights, and then send them out to different places you know, and, then, and then hopefully hear back from a few potentials and then pick from there. But yeah, it didn't really work out that way. I
1: mean, it seems to have worked out right for you now.
0: And then, yeah, this is it. Fortunately, I was like in a state, like a state of limbo. I didn't really know what to do with myself because for the past, how many years, my head's been on, yeah, basketball. Just all basketball, yeah. That's what we in my lifestyle was training. Again, training like two, three times a day and that I went to watch a friend compete. was done mixed martial arts locally and then after that, I thought, I want to try this, I want to see how I get on with this. I just thought, yeah, it just looks fun in there. Who was it? Who was fighting? My friend, Jami, he trained at the gym, yeah. and Harlem was on that card as well. And Jamar, Jamie's brother, which I'm very close to. You. I grew up with those guys. Yeah, watching it, I was thinking, oh, you could have tried, oh, I want to try this. Oh, yeah. I could have done it. I was just getting excited watching it, Imagine myself. How old were you at this point? I was, I think, 18, just turning 19 right. at this point.
1: No mixed martial arts experience, no no boxing experience? I done a bit of
0: kickboxing when I was like, younger. Right. Maybe like two years on and off, like yeah. once or twice a week. But other than that, no nothing.
1: Do you think it was you trying to fill the hole that yeah. kind of basketball yeah, left?
0: Exactly. And you're like, right, I'm gonna give this a go. And then 100 percent into it because locally basketball, there's nowhere to go. After to, tough, isn't it? To yeah. go somewhere else, and because I was too old at this point, I was just turned 18, which is I think it's up to 18. You can play at the college. So that was my third year finished. I couldn't couldn't really play from there. So I was like I said in that state of limbo, and I found this and I went to try it out on the
1: Monday. Mark Weir's gym, yeah. Mark <laughs> Weir is like—I mean—he's a legend around here, right? I think we're very lucky to have Mark around here. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I did
0: obviously know Mark. I was familiar that Mark with Mark, and I knew yeah. that he owned that gym. But I thought, yeah, I was gonna go down and try. And then from that day to this day, I haven't had longer than a week off really? of training. Yeah, it gets you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it sucks I'm, you in. Again, you. I'm
1: already feeling it. I was already saying to lot you know, I got my got my gloves this week, and I was like, I love these things already. Do you mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. just like MMA <laughs> sparring yeah. gloves and, and yeah. whatever. Um, I was like, I hate the fact that it's now going to be a week until just because you of work. You know, just, yeah, just because I'm I'm going to forget everything. I'm, I'm already rubbish, so you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, already rubbish. You'll pick it up quick, man. You'll yeah, grab the it, experience. It's fun. So it just grabbed you straight away. Yeah, it did it sucked me in, and I just got addicted to it. You've developed into an athlete by that point because of all the basketball you've played, right? Yeah. So um, you might have some degree of natural ability, but I guess you've really honed it. You've you've yeah. worked hard on it. So yeah, definitely. You felt did it transfer easily and well to MMA?
0: I would say definitely because of the style that the style of basketball that I played was very. I like to do all that kind of flashy moves. Yeah, jumping around and you know up and under the basket, this kind yeah. of stuff. So kind of translated that into its martial arts with the footwork, especially and the, the jumping ability. And then it just become from every day learning and learning and learning. I would I'd be pestering Mark to be on every session. When's the next session? Really? I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be staying after class, and you know Mark does his one to one. Yes, I'd be watching. And I think for like two weeks I was just staying after class and watching and trying to like copy it, watching on the sideline. And then Mark would, Mark at one point said, do you want to join in, jump yeah. in. So he let me jump in on a few sessions early on and that just boosted my progression. So you were still like 18, 19 at this time. Yeah. 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 yeah 19 at this point. And then you sort of like must've seen how invested I was. Mm. Sort of like took me.
1: You just kept turning up yeah 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 was yeah and i would stay and just keep have you watched mcgregor's documentary no i haven't seen it his coach says he just kept showing up he just wouldn't stop showing up and it was everything to him so for you that was everything at that point in time absolutely
0: everything yeah completely everything for for money at the time you know at wars ice cream fight yeah yeah yeah. i was there for i think around four or five months just to just get some money but then it's shift work mm. so the times would kind of interfere with training so i if i was on a on a night shift as soon as I'm finished, I'm going straight to training and sleep, then back to working. And, and then vice versa, if it was day shift, I'm fitting in in between the training and in between. And I was only there for like four months. And then that's when Calvin, my brother, he kind of spoke to me because he said that I wasn't playing basketball anymore. And he said that I just got into MMA. He wouldn't know where I would get to at this mm-hmm. point. So he's kind of like, get um a trade on the, about an apprenticeship as an electrician, which is what um. am I ended up doing with Clarkson Evans right, okay. for two years. But I went into it knowing what I wanted, really wanted really. So you are like,
1: do. I'm going to get this onto my belt, but I know. Yeah, Did
0: yeah. you already
1: know then by that point that you're like, I want to go pro? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long after you started training did you then go into amateur competition? Six months. What weight were you fighting at then? Middleweight. You are still middleweight then, okay. So you've always been roughly the same build.
0: I was a lot smaller, just I hadn't filled out naturally then. Yeah. I wasn't doing... Uh, gym as much yeah
1: were you doing any no nah, nothing at all nothing at all just technical just yeah and i guess as, as you say that athleticism from basketball which no doubt you know you drilled so yeah, yeah yeah did you miss basketball i
0: do miss it especially when i play it. I've said, oh, i have always say i want to play another game i want to get into it again but realistically there's no time around it so i just fit it in here and there
1: tell me about your first amateur fight so you six months in i mean that's not very much time no you know you <laughs> <need> to, to <laughs> go straight into competition so not at all can you remember
0: your first fight? Yeah, 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 clearly. I remember it was I mean, yeah, six months in, but I was like I said, I was training with Mark all the time. I seen a poster go up on the on the wall. Um so I was part of the I think it was the second or third year recruits, which Mark does every year, where he selects like a group of fighters to be on this recruits program. Which is essentially these guys that want to fight and take it serious. Mm. So I went onto this program. He usually says you have to have your first fight after a year of training. Um, and when I seen this to go up in the war, so I seen all the other guys getting selected to fight, get ready for this event, and I was thinking. Oh, I really want to fight I really want to get onto this so I kept saying to Mark, I said to can I fight on this event and he's like no 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 no. because he's just like like, you're not ready yet yeah he's like it's too too early I
1: mean he's he's probably quite a good judge of it
0: yeah um, yeah obviously all that experience this is probably like two two months out from the event right okay so then I, I just kept getting onto him. Yeah, <laughs> like, so you just I really, kept pestering him, yeah, kept That's him to get onto it. Obviously, then I stopped. So I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll do the four year. It makes sense." But I was just eager to. You just wanted to get in there, just to compete. Yeah. What was the competition? Pain pit. It was called, and it was. I love their names. Pain pit. <laughs> <like> Pain
1: pit. <laughs> Pain pit. <laughs> it's like I mean, I you know what you
0: getting. Yeah, yeah, this is... <laughs> And the post was like this, all like blood splash. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah one of the biggest shows in the southwest yes. it was run by richard shaw i'm not right. sure if you're familiar no i'm not now his son Jack Shaw now is in the ufc right. and he brought yeah, his son up I'm through the actual. same wow, same okay. program um and it, that turned into cage wars cage Wars took over got it and then, okay yeah painful it is in wales newport wales i was remember i was on site working
1: yes of course yeah
0: was on my, on my apprenticeship and i got a phone call from mark and it's not often that that mark would ring me out right. of training So when he ran me i'm thinking my heart starts beating i'm thinking this this must be, this, this must be what I think. It's going to be it. Yeah. And he ran me and he's like, um, I say, wait, what are you up to? You're just chatting. And he's like, so you want to, you want to, like, you want to find the show? I'm like, yes. I was like, yeah. And he said, all right then, I'll put you in the middleweight when to finds you an opponent. From there on, I just remember my heart was beating on sight the whole day. I'm thinking about the fire and I got to training. It's had the extra motivation now for training. And then yeah, we got ready for that. Two months later, I had my debut. I remember the guy whose name was Adam Mayo and I actually lost my debut. Yeah, yeah, I remember how it went to decision. Okay, He just kept, because at this point, I'm only six months in, so I'm quite fresh to the grappling and yeah. that. So he was just grabbing me and holding me and I didn't really have the answer to escape. So he wasn't damaging, he wasn't- It was me, just it the control. Anything. Exactly, just control. But then there was like glimpses of, like, I was doing all my crazy stuff, which you know, <laughs> at that point is uncontrolled, I just we'll did I <laughs> Just hello. throwing it out yeah. there. So it was an exciting performance, even though I lost and I enjoyed every every second of it. And then after I remember there was a write-up and it was saying um Christian Duncan allegedly had his debut after six months of training. Like allegedly. What so they were trying to say? Yeah, like he's been uh, must have been training for for years. There's no way he's been training. That must have felt good. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a positive. It's a positive. Yeah. But then from there on, yeah, it just kept building up and building up.
1: Nice. How many fights did you have amateur? I think it went into the twenties. What was your record in amateurs? Oh,
0: that's a good question. I lost, I want to say six by decision. it was like 17 wins, six losses, I'm sure. Never been knocked out? No, no, no. All decisions. All decisions. Decisions, Yeah. Again, it was all the same kind of thing, the control, which is where I learned a lot from. Yeah. And I started to fall in love with that game.
1: How quickly then did Cage Warriors come along after that?
0: Like I said, Cage Warriors took over the amateur show, yeah. Yeah. So I was with with them as an amateur. Right. There was the Amateur Grand Prix. All Nations in the UK had their own Cage Warriors and then the champions of each Cage Warriors would fight each other and then the so the winner would be crowned the European Grand Prix champion, and um, I won that. The amateur. From there, I went on to the IMAS, which is separate, and that's essentially the best way I can describe it is the unofficial Olympics for MMA, amateur amateur MMA. And my first event, which was the World Championships, I got to the semifinals, so I finished with a bronze medal. In the Europeans, I got to the final, I got a silver, and I fought a Russian, a Russian guy from Dagestan. You know how Khabib fight yes. that same style. Was oh, it really middleweight? Yeah. So yeah. like a bigger yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But these these events shaped my future just from the experience, you know. Getting to fight those kind of guys early on, which I'm gonna be fighting now. So i got that experience which again elevated my level.
1: From the amateurs, you thought, yeah, I need to then get into um like, basically improve my grappling. And, yeah. Well not even improve, it sounds like it was already good, but you know, just yeah, kind of really improved. focus on that stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely improve. Defensively as well as offensively. Yeah. When I won the Grand Prix, that kind of guaranteed you a professional contract with Cage Warriors. And then I wanted to wait out a bit longer. So I did a couple more at the IMAP just again to gain more experience. And then we decided it was the time to go over to the pros. We spoke to the Cage Warriors, spoke to Shakey Richard Shaw, mm-hmm. which was our connect, obviously, because he'd done the regional Cage yes. Warriors. He was our connect through to them. And we worked out a contract. Yeah, I started my pro career with Cage Warriors. Yeah.
1: It was a quick ascension in Cage yeah, Warriors, wasn't it? come and gone just like that. I mean, what was it? Six fights in Cage Warriors? Seven? seven? Seven, seven fights. Yeah, just
0: under two years.
1: And how many times did you go the distance? Will Curry, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Will Curry, too. No, that was it. Yeah, that's
1: what I that was it. Yeah, I think it might. I think I think it was when I was looking. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was. Um, but everything else, you finishing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So your weird, <laughs> wonderful aerial fun yeah. that you have with. Um, with basketball, it turns yeah. into flying knees and spinning back elbows and mm-hmm. flare finishes, basically. That's what you don't, you almost, I don't want to set you up too much because then every, you know, every fight, You're <laughs> you
0: know, the, you, you, yeah, know
1: yeah. you shouldn't always expect it. But do you expect that of yourself? Most fights just to have fun in there and and, and try, try different things. Mm-hmm.
0: As you, exactly. As you pull it, have fun in there. As I I don't really hesitate to try these things because yeah. I just like, yeah, if I see something, I try it. Even if it's something that I haven't done in training, I might see it in the fight.
1: And Mark's probably there holding his head saying, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it, although he probably can't speak because, you know, we should say, you know, yeah. fastest UFC debut knockout, you know, came straight out with a high head kick. That axe fell into kick. the
0: punch and that just, was what she wrote.
1: His coach would have probably been saying, Look, you know, just ease yourself in, you yeah. know, this is the big, you know, this yeah. is the big leagues. Nope. <laughs> Game over. I love what you just said. You're just having fun in there. I think a lot of athletes take themselves very, very seriously, as as, you know, you'd imagine some some should, some do. I've, I've said this about you to, to people I've spoken to about you. You know, you you're you're really reassured. You're, you know, you're humble. You're not kind of this over exaggerated, shouty character, you know, like you get in some mixed martial artists who understandably are trying to are kind of trying to play the game. You know, they're trying to play the game promotion. I get that, but you're really assured, and then you get in to that octagon and all that cage and just have fun. It's, it's lovely. I was speaking to another another guy. Dan Norton plays rugby or played England rugby sevens um, team GB. He scored the most tries of any, you know, you know, highest try scorer ever. There's a smile on his face always. You know, he genuinely looked like he was having fun. And you know, that wasn't always the case. It turns out. How are you feeling in the build up to, to a fight? It's it's very mixed. It's very mixed. Does it depend on the fight on the matchup? Um, I think for me with fights, it's
0: it's the same kind of mix like mm. um, emotions. The more you get a lot of adrenaline, adrenaline dumping. But like you said, um you think you get all the different kind of voices in your head and you get picturing of how the fight could go as well and obviously you do get ways that could potentially go against you but then it's, it's like you're finding solutions for that picture Like you're like okay if that does if it does come to that then i want to do this to just make sure that doesn't happen But it's like a big battle not a battle but it's a big like back and forth in your head but it's always always positive
1: what's been the most challenging fight you've had
0: i'll say the will curry will curry fight and cage Warriors. yeah second fight with him that went a distance.
1: What did you learn from it?
0: Definitely my grappling had to had to go up, which it which it did. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. You know I mean I
1: hope somebody yeah. takes you I you take it down or somebody takes yeah, you down I want yeah. to see it.
0: And I definitely kind of stole some of his moves in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> put them in my pocket. Yeah. Um, put them on to people be worse training. But well, I've traveled since then I've traveled a bit, been to Thailand. There were some high level grapplers out there and I've took a lot
1: from them as well. So you mean that you've, you've been to Thailand twice now, is it? Twice, yeah. Twice, so you went both this camp and previous. Yeah. So your previous camp, first UFC camp, first UFC kind of experience. How did, how did it go?
0: I haven't experienced anything like it, and I've been through the IMF and Cage Warriors, which yeah. are very, very professionally run. Even in the background, the way everything's set is, kind of tailors you to each next level. Like IMF telling me to the Cage Warriors and then Cage Warriors to UFC. But the, the runners behind the scenes are seamless. When we arrived at the hotel, we checked in and we got told where the office is, UFC office. And what they'd done, the whole first floor of the hotel, they've stripped the rooms out and turned them all into offices.
1: That's big money, isn't it? Crazy. <laughs>
0: Crazy. I've never seen it, was two, like, wasn't it. Yeah. And each room you'd have like the office, the, the kit room, interview rooms, media. And then you kind of get introduced to what you'll be doing for the week, like Monday through to no, i got a Tuesday, sorry, through to Friday. Like you got an interview this time had our kit given to us. So you can try your kit. The shorts didn't actually, the shorts fitting me on my legs, but not my waist, which I have this problem a lot. And I asked for a smaller size. She said, no, no, no. She just grabbed them. And I said, I just pinned it and said, no, I'll tailor it for you. I'm just gonna, <laughs> when you come to fight, it'd be perfect fit. And I was just That's scratching my amazing, head. Like, well, isn't this it? is how we're getting treated now. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get taken downstairs and you go to the UFC PI, which is the performance institute. So They do all your meals for the week. You give them a bag each day. And they kind of tell you the rundown of like, eat this at this time. What sort of food is it? Pre-weight cut. So from the Tuesday to the Friday, more like lean foods mm-hmm. and not too much carbs. Yeah. And even the chicken is no salt on it, no seasoning. Yeah. Just to kind of, so your body doesn't hold on to any any fluid. And then after, you're getting some good food, man. a lot of carbs. Yeah. we got like, steak, potatoes, all this kind of stuff. What did you
1: go in at, weight-wise?
0: I weighed in, I think, around 90 right. on a Tuesday. I made weight at 80, 84, 83.9, which wow. is 185 pounds.
1: How'd you find that, the 6K cut?
0: Yes, now I'm used to it. It gets easier each time. It's it workout. looks
1: so intense. I can't tell you. like The number of times I've seen fighters, and a clip footage of of them cutting weight, but... Yeah. It looks intense.
0: For me, this is a small cut, really. There's people that cut yeah. like ten plus well, kilo. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I mean, how do you feel about that though? Because you might end up in middleweight fighting somebody that walks around at ninety-five.
0: Yeah, potentially.
1: And um, and then yeah, then then they're they're dropping ten k. They're dropping like eight percent or whatever. That well, yeah. my math isn't great, but you know, of their body fat to, or their, of their body to then quickly get back up. Like, do do you feel like that? You, you don't mind that? No, nah, it's
0: never been something that's coming to my mind. My weight stays low, just because. I'm always training like I said, never yeah. longer in a week off so yeah. my weight doesn't fluctuate it stays kind of steady and then when it comes to camp, it drops down yeah. naturally but we have heavy guys in the gym guys well over 95 kilo which yeah. I'm training with daily and I don't have any issues
1: no I saw somebody yesterday and um he looked at me and he went you're gonna come to classes I said I, I don't know yet why and he said, um he said how much do you weigh yeah, that's true. And, and um, I was like, "Wait, how much do you weigh? 120k." Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, And and he was like, "Yeah, you know, basically, I want another big boy." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Just to throw me around?" <laughs> From a professional perspective, did you always then think, "Right, okay, this is just this is just going to be my life now?" Like, you know, the second that you'd won that Grand Prix, you just thought, "Right, I just want this to be my life." From the day I walked into March gym. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, so you're 18 years old. Just I just turned 19. Just yeah, turned yeah, 19. Yeah. This is it. This is what I want to do. Just single-minded. I in. Single-minded. Tunnel vision. What drew you to, to sport in general?
0: Just active from from young. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my mum would always take me to like after-school clubs and to different kind of clubs, mainly just to keep me active and also keep me, keep me out of trouble as well. And, um, just cause that's what I've known is being active and I'll go out a lot. You grew I'd up in Puzzmead, right? Around, positive, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be out every day, just running around as you do as a kid. Yeah. But my dad always tells me stories of, um, just running around everywhere. I'll go into people's houses, be running around everywhere, going like into their fridge, the <laughs> food <laughs> in their <laughs> fridge, i just active kid, man. Just hyper. active. Yeah, very yeah. hyper.
1: Yeah. Good kid though? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mischievous more
0: than anything. That's,
1: I, I always think that's like an endearing quality in a in a kid. It's just like a little glint in your eye. You're like, okay.
0: That's it. <laughs> that's it. Very mischievous. Even in school, I wouldn't really get in trouble like that. It's more for just, you know, being mischievous. I was kind of like the kid that the teachers would hate to like. Yeah, you know?
1: Know, that's what I mean. That that's it, it is that, it's that mischief. It's like, I bet you got away with quite a lot because, yeah. the, because <laughs> the teacher's are
0: like, all right, like, I get it. But yeah, man. I say, just very active.
1: Tell me about the wristband you've got on it says forever youngs what does that represent my first year of
0: primary school first ever time i went to school i, I met my closest friend day on the primary school it was like it wasn't an f- actual day like the induction before you start school and um we, we just clicked and uh, we got on very well from primary school all the way through before we left for secondary school. We was like very, very close school to his house all the time after school. Um, his family kind of become my second family. That like, very close with his mum. And his two brothers that I mentioned, there's Jami, who I went to watch fight, and Jamar, again, is crazy talented. But so, yeah, we grew up together. And he was kind of my partner in the, in the mischief, you know. Yeah. We would get in trouble all the time. they keep us apart all the time. After like our first or two years together, it was always like, yeah, keep Christian and Joel apart. Because they know what we're like <laughs> when school. we're together,
1: so, yeah. So you'd be sat on separate sides of the room. Yeah, literally. Uh, just like looking at each other, like, we're going to cross <laughs> <and travel laughs> in trouble. What are we going to do worry. today? Yeah.
0: <laughs> But again, the, yeah, the teachers teachers loved us as well. Yeah. yeah, we and then when we left primary, kind of parted ways. From we didn't go to the same schools, but we'd always like, link up after. Did he live near you? Yeah, we only like ten minute ride from my. So we'd always link up after school. And then also I went to Bristol, so I didn't mm. see anybody for a while. But we'd always keep in contact. Came back in my final year, and then again we just got closer closer again. And I started training. See, yeah. it's martial arts.
1: Did he get into it as well? No, nah,
0: no, nah, he didn't get into. He's into his music. When I say I've never met anybody so talented with music, how it's crazy how good he was. um freestyling as well. So you do a thing where you say, Give me a word. And then from that word alone, you just freestyle off the rip. I love so that. It song. And then um he made a song that was quite popular in the city, Fly Team, which is people might recognise from my walk out to the song. You always walk out to fly so team. Have, yeah, I always have that in there when I walk out. But you had um he had an accident, a bike accident.
1: And he was how old at this point?
0: He was, I think, twenty at this point. Twenty right. just before his twenty first birthday, days before his twenty first. Had an accident. Yeah, he, uh, he passed away. Um and yeah, since then I had this had this band made. So I've got i got him with me all the time. And also I passed it to his family as well. So I gave him out to every everybody that obviously I knew, knew him and I said, pass it on.
1: Yeah. And his music name was Young's, right? Yeah, Young Montana.
0: Young, Young Montana. Montana, yeah. So Jamie, obviously Jamie Montana. they're brothers. So it's Jamie yeah. young and then jamal's tiny.
1: What I love is when you go to um to the YouTube video for it, all the comments now are starting to say, "Christian brought me here. No way. There are some comments on there. Is the, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, Have a look. It's the yeah, saying, you know, exactly that. I legacy. think. You know the fact that you carry him around with you all the time, Carry Joel on your, you know, on your arm. And you walk out to his song, you know, he's bringing people to it. And that's in in ten years' time, you know, how many views is that song gonna have? You know, that's the exciting thing. And you know, how many people do you bring into it? That's you are gonna hear it that potentially may have not heard it. Yeah. Will you always walk out to it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a time where I think I had another song mixed in with it, but it'll always definitely be there. always be there.
1: How did you find out about his accident?
0: I was actually after training one morning. There was a news article my friend that I was training with said something about um there was an accident, somebody got an accident. It didn't say who or he didn't say who. When I got home and then somebody mentioned to me that uh, um, Joao was in an accident, or one of the brothers they said it was in an accident. And I was like, "What do you mean? What West car?" I that like, "Nah." Then I ran, I ran Jami, and then I was like, "What happened? Like, who was it? What happened?" And he's like, jo-, "He said Joao. And, jo-, and I was like, "What? What happened?" And also he said, "What happened?" I told his day I never had any feeling. Everything just kind of just froze on me. It was the, the weirdest feeling. It didn't feel real. It didn't feel real. obviously because of how we grew up together, everything yeah. we have done together. I mean you've been
1: like fifteen plus years, fifteen years yeah
0: Yeah, yeah, but no yeah, never been closer to anybody and their family in my in my life. So it was it was weird. And so they we went down straight away to the to the hospital and everybody was there, his whole family, all our friends were there. And then we went in to see him and obviously seeing his mum and his sisters hit me again.
1: Break your heart, yeah.
0: From from there I just wanted to make sure that everything that I had done included included him in it, you know? So it was something that's never, like I said, forever young. that's why it's forever youngs, you know? Cause it's forever gonna live on, the name will forever live on. People will know about, I know about him.
1: Do you have to take it off for fights? No. <laughs> it, stays, it stays. It stays on, you just put, yeah. put a bit of tape on just before you go. Yeah,
0: so that it's not, no, but yeah, it stays. And also I always have my like, inner dialogue with him where I go out. remember we had a conversation, cause we were so busy doing what we was doing, talking about how we'll see each other at the top of what we're doing,
1: you know? I love that. So is so still you progress,
0: with... but still going to see him at, at the top.
1: But yeah. Just always, always have this. When you say you have that inner in dialogue with him, what sort of things?
0: We should use conversation. I'll be speaking for a bit, just going off on off saying uh, like we're almost there, you know, um, I'm going to get to play your song at the O2 Arena you know, in front of all these people, you know, so it's like he's performing without performing you know people yeah. don't realize it but he's performing in front of them even though you don't know as much yeah. as i am yeah. he's performing
1: you're taking him to vegas with you
0: yeah yeah
1: exactly i mean exactly. that's it's, it's incredibly special he's still, still close to the family
0: yeah yeah especially the, the brothers i see them quite yeah. a lot. They're i training. guess they're at the gym yeah they're at the gym they're at yeah. the gym with time i do i would say yeah i do need to make more time but with what i'm doing yeah. still yeah every time i see them it's, like i said it's my second family so it just feels like still, there's still a lot of love for them man yeah.
1: You you close to your family?
0: Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, I don't have a
1: huge family. It's a more close family. But, um, I guess that's how, how I was introduced to you is, I've known your brother Calvin, uh, um, your older brother Calvin. Uh, he was the year above me at school. He uh, he just, you know, picked up the phone and he was like, oh, obviously doing what I do PR wise is, you know, I, th- I think my brother's about to really make it big in USC <laughs> in fighting. I was like, okay. He said, can you just like, you know, any advice. And I was like, you know, I'll have a conversation. You know, see. he's like, no, you look after him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can see his face. You can, yeah. you look after him. Like that. I was like, okay, I don't know what to do, but yeah, sure. We'll chat. But as I say, I've known Calvin. Yeah. a Long time since I was 11. So like, you know, yeah, not, it been yeah genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 35 now. So yeah, 20 something yeah. years. And, um, we always got on at school just because I think he was always daft as you, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like kind of ramp around.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and um, yeah, I think we got a good understanding of each other, kind of, you know, where we both come from. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And obviously the first time I met you, you know, I thought, you're related. but yeah. you, you two. <laughs> he is. He's a very different character. He's a very, such a, um, you know, such a present, you mm, know, such like yeah, a, an energy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you are in the, in the cage. Like, that's him 100 all miles time, an hour all of the time. time. <laughs> I, don't, I think I've seen him, like, sat down quite once. Do you know what I mean? Like, when he's eaten or something. It's rare, it's rare. <laughs> but no, he's, uh, he's great. So, and your mum, how does she feel? Is she, does she come to watch you?
0: Yeah, yeah, she does.
1: How does she that feel she about does. the whole thing?
0: Kind of, like, watches through her fingers. But, <laughs> yeah, she, she loves it. She loves it at the same time.
1: So, I mean, one of the first times I met you, I said, so where do you want this to go? And you said, you know what i love? And uh, is it like a shared dream you and calvin is that do you want to tell us what
0: and calvin's always always been um like heavily motivated he's very much his own person and like he doesn't find he wants to do his, his own thing he doesn't like being told or we'll have something over yeah the, you know <laughs> lean you know, over the top of him and he's uh, very business-minded and we just always had we always spoke growing up about oh we love to do this for mum we love to do this buy mum this do that buy a house mm-hmm. buy a whole estate for everybody you just you know in your kids you just visualize things like because yeah, people, there's a lot, there's a people a lot worse off at the same time. We didn't necessarily have the most of the stuff, you know, growing up, which is just normal to us. We didn't yeah. think, but we always just thinking,
1: Yeah, imagine if we could do this, this, this. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like
1: a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: This and this. You know, yeah, things have just fell in place where we potentially have the avenues to make something happen, which is, I think that's even more of a a flame in the fire because it's not just doing it for yourself it's more for bringing up family and seeing what potentially do for the future generations as well but yeah it's more so for the family I have in mind you know
1: no that's incredible I mean I, me- I remember you saying it's like getting like a cul-de-sac and every you know yeah, yeah, every, yeah. every, every <laughs> house in there is another yeah. family member yeah yeah which you know like why not why not exactly you know why not I, th- I heard somebody talking the other day and they said you know everything I'm doing like I want my kids kids not to worry about anything You know that's that's it's quite a nice way of thinking but some of the most incredible entrepreneurs and people i've met the first thing they did especially if they came from you know not a lot was buy his mama house and you know there's something just i guess she's always been there she's always you know super supportive when you said mama i want to be a fighter what did she say was she like was she just like whatever you want to do i
0: think it was just because i've done so much stuff i think it was just like just do what you're doing just go, and then when it actually, when things actually started coming, to the level it was going at like, I'm representing Great Britain, winning the Cage Wars Championship, amateur, and then going professional, traveling across the world, then it kind of hit her like, okay, this is something, something serious, you know, then she would get behind it even more so. But yeah, she'd been supportive from, I was young, like I said, taking me as a kid to all these different clubs and stuff, you know.
1: What about your dad? Yeah, um, yeah. Is he supportive?
0: Yeah, 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 very. Yeah. I'll say definitely guided guide a lot of my my character and my values from young. I didn't grow up that like my dad wasn't my mum went together from from well, as long as I can remember. But I um, mean, he's very well respected in the community. Yeah, very well. His character very similar to mine, which I think I inherited a lot from from him, obviously. But yeah, he taught me a lot.
1: Is he is he sporty? Is he yeah yeah? Is mum sporty? Like is is there any of that going?
0: More so, my dad. He was a, he's a weightlifter, <laughs> yeah. a bodybuilder locally, very well known for. His size and his strength. Oh, really? Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Chris. Chris Duncan. Oh, Chris Duncan. Right, Chris okay. Duncan, yeah.
1: What gym did he go to?
0: Gymnation. Gymnation.
1: I used to go to gymnation. Yeah. I, bet I, I bet I know who he
0: is. If you see his face, you'll definitely really? recognize
1: him. When I started going when I was maybe 14. The second I could get into a gym, I was yeah. like, yeah, everybody's big. Everybody's so big.
0: <laughs> you know Everybody I mean? there. You, right but now you went to train. Yeah, they really trade. did. <laughs> and it was, it was
1: the best because I was just like, all I wanted was some size for rugby. That was all yeah. I was thinking. Um, so I went in there and I, 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 I remember my first few sessions. It was like a pound of time. And sometimes they wouldn't even make me pay. Do you know what I mean? If I did, or like they give me protein for free or yeah, something. Yeah, good people, yeah, the good people. Great people. I just sat down on the shoulder press. Like, you know, just the machine. Just because that's like, you know how that works. Right? It goes up and it goes down. There's nothing, nothing hard to it. And then the guys there, these absolute tanks, just came to me and they're like, okay, you keep turning up. So yeah, they're yeah. like, right, okay, we'll show you some stuff. And, um, you know, your dad might have even been one of them. You know I, I, I would mean? be surprised. What I loved about Gymnation was that community. You know that people there don't have a lot but they'll give you a lot.
0: Exactly. You know I mean? I like they'll that, give yeah. you what they
1: do have. And as I say that, you know, um, Carol, the person, you know, another person that used to work there, she was so, just this motherly figure in the gym that would boss these 20 stone men around. I
0: remember her. I remember, you remember Carol? on the desk, right? Yeah, on the yeah, desk. Yeah, yeah, you
1: remember Carol. Yeah. She'd be like, she'd shout things like, if you're big enough to get them off the racks, you're big enough to so put I'm them back. back yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All this. And I absolutely, I loved it because, yeah, she was like half the, oh, the third of these guys size. And just, but you wouldn't mess with her <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't. That. No, so yeah I probably would recognise That definitely you never you never fancied going down that road going down the bodybuilding road
0: I don't, it just didn't happen I was I remember I was 8 9 I went to a club around the corner and I go in there to see my dad training I remember I used to see my dad as a superman because of how, just how big he was and how strong he was you know? but I went to a couple of sessions when I was young at like 10 or 12 and my dad beasted me even though I was like 10 or 12 <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out there and he trying to put my seat back on and i trying to put it down and, and I'm like only like 12 years, 10 to 12 years old but I, no, I didn't really because I was doing basketball and so on yeah. I didn't, you didn't really quite get like, the bug for the bodybuilding not for the bodybuilding no because again it's it's like obviously it's strict movements isn't yeah. it but with this is so much freedom and all this yeah. kind of stuff you can do
1: it is funny do you know that's actually one of the reasons why I'm Given it a go. It's just like the gym gets, the gym's wonderful, but it can kind of get a bit boring, kind it? of, And it's a bit of samey and all all of that stuff. So no sorts of just motivation to try something else. Yeah. And I, how do you feel cardio? You, do you enjoy?
0: Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm, I make it fun though. So yeah. I do stuff like, I don't know if you've seen the wheelbarrow that I do, but I put weight in the wheelbarrow yeah. and run up a hill. So it's like a challenge, but it's fun. So you're like trying to beat your times and stuff. But you just just make it fun. Like you said, otherwise it can get boring. Like just going for a run gets to me gets boring. So I'll find other ways to make it. Fun.
1: You can if you can exercise and it doesn't feel like exercise, it's the best. You're winning. You're absolutely winning, yeah. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to go from here? Like middleweight's a stacked division. It's like welterweight, middleweight, you know, for not mean most divisions, but you know, middleweight in particular, do you have a, a ranking goal or are you just, just thinking about working your way up?
0: I would say I can't I ask this question a few times, but I can't seem to put a, like a cap or a lid mm. onto you.
1: I guess you don't know who moves in and out of the division as well. You can't yeah, control
0: that. That's true. That's true. I can see beyond the championship level. I wouldn't put a cap onto it. I would yeah. say no cap, no limits or what potentially could come of it.
1: So you're 27 now, right? Or yeah, you 20, 27. 27, yeah. You know, the scary thing is 8-0 and and, you know, the finishes you, you you do pull off, you could arguably say you're not even anywhere near your peak yet. Right. And that's a scary thought. I want the division to be scared by that thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to think you're 27, coming up like, um, the guy you're fighting, you know, he's, he's that bit older. You know, what is he, 32, 33, something 32, like that? 32, I think. 32. A bit more experience. So, you know, a few years on you, what are you expecting?
0: Um, same as all my fights. I was, I probably the least experienced. All would the fights I've had, I've been the least experienced. And it's, right not, there, yeah. it's not made much of a difference, has it? No, especially in terms of like length in the sport. Yeah um length as a pro probably one of the least experienced but it doesn't mean anything you know
1: no that's the thing i mean you've had guys come into the ufc with with, with only a handful of fights under their yeah. belt yeah you know yeah. still really yeah. deliver
0: yeah but even so they they've had past combat experience whereas yeah. i had basketball you know
1: yeah it's a, it's a phenomenally but
0: interesting way into it yeah so it shows that what mark can what Mark has to, to to give you know just his knowledge and experience gives you that fast track because it's not traditional the way he teaches his style isn't like do this or do that it's very much this is the technique and then you can tailor it to you, to how it works for you because right. we're, we're playing with things all the
1: time it's not prescriptive he's not like you have to do this no not at all not at all
0: so you'll learn the technique the fundamentals and then you'll kind of play around for your own your own um, style so like you've got different arm lengths you've got different strengths you know we've got different body sizes so not everything will work the same like one technique will work but then to make it perfect for you you have to adjust it slightly so we play around with a lot of different ideas and that gives me the freedom and that's just there, that's, to think that's on the fly.
1: such a nice way of making just individualizing each person you know, yeah. e- each person you're, you're going to fight such a different range of styles you know right. to, to have your own do you feel like you've got your own fighting style
0: yeah yeah so i was i call it like omni like omni yeah, okay i like that like this a mixture like all styles. Um, yeah. But depending on who I'm fighting, who I'm sparring, change and adjust it, either to their strengths or their weaknesses, you know. Because yeah. people out there, yeah, like I said, strengths and weaknesses. So you play on that, find ways to make them uncomfortable. Where they are comfortable make them uncomfortable. And where they're not comfortable, you pressure onto that, you know. So just, yeah, just playing around, call it omni.
1: You got any... Um... Fighters from history or still fighting now that kind of inspire
0: you? Yeah, my my number one was John Jones. I mean my first after my first session, I remember guys in the gym were speaking about Jones at the time. I think he had a fight coming up. And I went home and also I studied him and I watched some of his finishes, like all the spinning stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: I somehow I got all of his fights up and I watched in a day I watched all of his fights up until that point, back to back. And then I was just at home, like practicing these moves. And I go into the gym and practice them. Also, you can't do the elbow, so I had to turn it into a back fist, accommodate it for amateur. But I was just playing around with all these different moves. Anderson Silva as well, one of my favorites. And then Demetrius Johnson as well, his style. I love creative. Demetrius
1: Johnson as well, yeah. And there's
0: a lot, and then just as it got went on, more fighters that I recognize, Khabib as well, for his, his pressure and style and his grappling now. I appreciate it more so now. I know him more. And of course, Mark, well, I just like to pick and you know, then. Mm put Certain things in my pocket from each person, even from like I said, my opponents. If I like something, I take it off of them.
1: You know, what's wonderful is Mark, in particular, I am. Um, it's my, my son, he's, he's been doing it for four or five years now. And the first time I showed him Mark's fight, he was like, What? <laughs> he couldn't believe it. And <laughs> like um, you know, absolutely couldn't believe Like, he, he like, I guess because he just, he's quite not, he's kind of like an unassuming guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, and after your spinning finish all my son was doing all around the house, all through the house was just spinning back elbows, spinning back fists, just, you know. I heard not saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's, he's 11, he's 12 this weekend. So yeah, he's uh, goodness, absolutely loves, absolutely loves it. And he wants to do it. I guess the wonderful thing with you and with Mark and people like that is you're showing people that they can do it and he's looking at you. And of course, as a parent, you know, I asked a question about your mum as a parent. I'm like, okay, you know, you want to be a fighter? Mm, like, you know, how mm, do I feel about that? Mm. He says he wants to do that now maybe he does maybe he doesn't you know there's going to be no you know, zero pressure but kids will hopefully see in you or people will see in you oh i can do that you know, i could i could you know and did you ever think you'd be in a position where you are kind of inspiring to people
0: no no because obviously i have my focuses i, I don't really think of the the kind of like the secondary
1: that, that would have but yeah. if it has a positive effect then it undoubtedly will. Yeah. Undoubtedly will. You know, I, I see it, I hear it, you know. He's, he's not said it so much, but, you know, I think he'd be quite inspired by, or he's quite inspired by, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what you're doing right now. It's not just fighters, though, that, I guess, possibly inspire you. Basketball, presumably, as well? Yeah, 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 yeah? definitely. Who?
0: When I was playing ball, it was, um, <laughs> of course, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, for different things, each of them. Kobe was more so the mindset towards training. He's very disciplined. He's a very, like, no-nonsense type of character. Especially in his training, like you hear stories. Not he wouldn't tell the stories. Players would tell the stories of how, kind of, if he's in the room, you don't go half-hearted because he'd get onto you. You know, he'd be in there like swearing at people, saying this and it's like expectation of performance beyond. And he'd yeah. be there early before anybody else is there. He'd be yeah. leaving later, you know, putting up shot. LeBron was more for the dominant the way he just go in there on the rim, dunk on the rim. Just the way tear through people, nobody could stop him. You know. People would try to, but they'd either get put on the floor, bodied on the floor, or they get put, like dunked on. But yeah, just again, Kobe more like was more skilled and technical. Yeah, I took aspects from both of them. You know, you just take it where you see a different thing. Another one of my favorite players was Derek Rose as well. Crazy athletic, very dominant as well. And he's a small guy, so he wasn't. He's like my height, which is classed as a small. So I know it's well when I you think, think about it. Yeah, because like, everyone else
1: talks about like Scotty Pippen was short, wasn't he? Like, isn't he like six three? No, he was like
0: six I think. Is, six he, six, is he Yeah, really? six okay. five, six six.
1: Yeah, because I remember when I excited, like you can't can't see, uh, but you're wearing the balls um, sliders. Oh, well, project rock. They're project Rock. Yeah, of course yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah, the they're but it looks like the balls, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> it's So embarrassing, but I love these seventeen. You probably don't even know who they are. Just like a pop group, right? Yeah, yeah. There's on. a guy in there, um, Brian Harvey, and he. I remember he would just always wore Chicago ball stuff. Mm. So I, I was what. Ten, eleven, you know, doesn't know. So I'd, I'd, you know, I was like, yeah, no, I love basketball now. Yeah. So you know, that's the, you know, just because, yeah, no, me too. He's wearing it. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. wearing it. So you know, I watched, and that was when it was Scotty Piffin and you know, and Jordan and and all that. I'd love to see that. Ah, it was it was yeah. all good stuff. I was I was a massive fan. My brother, he's nine years younger than me. My youngest brother. So he, I mean, he was like three months premature. So like my mum was like, you no, know, not in a great place, but she she was like asking for names and stuff and um, he's, he's called Jordan because I was like I know what about Jordan do you know what oh, I mean? and like obviously I'm not saying that I named him yeah, but I definitely yeah, threw yeah. the idea out there yeah, yeah, you know yeah, because yeah. of it. <laughs> um, in, in UFC who would you say I guess you got your Khabib so we've mentioned him a few yeah. times like, who else would you say is that kind of you know Jones, once in a generation yeah. John Jones his ability to go up and down weight classes well yeah, yeah. and still well, dominate he did it heavyweight yeah years. he did
0: nobody's done that no like, it's phenomenal like First fight back after, what, two, three years yeah. out? Say, so Anderson Silva was up there. Adesanya as well. He's obviously still 100%. writing the
1: story, but... I don't know the ins and outs of it, but, but like Nganu?
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's definitely...
1: Like, it's frustrating it that he's not in still and around. In the UFC. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going on there, and I, again, I, as I said, I'm, I'm sure I could look it up. And my friend who knows everything about USC is probably screaming if he's listening to this, saying, "You know, it's because of this, you idiot!" Yeah. But, um, you know, I just like that is a monster. That is this phenomenally athletic freak talent, and I just, and, and we want to see it. You know yeah, I mean? I, yeah. Like, as a spectator, as a lover of the of the sport, like, I want to see you dominate too. You know, that's the. That's the thing, and I'm, I've got zero doubt. When he first stepped in, that was gone. That like was it. Didn't, didn't you cartwheel in? Yeah, that was your first thing you did. Right? Yeah, yeah. A one-handed spring and "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it." It's, this is mine. It's weird. Yeah, just
0: having fun I'm with here. it again.
1: You just felt you felt at home. Yeah,
0: yes, weirdly really so. I know that when I had my amateur debut and when I had my pro debut, I felt more comfortable with my UFC debut because I think it's you've had that picture in your mind for so long that you almost you almost there already. So when you get there, it's like feels familiar almost. It's it's a weird feeling.
1: That's really straight. Like I guess it's oh, I can't relate to that. I'm I, I see, I'm here now. Like, this yeah. is,
0: is time. it's time. Yeah. As brief. Buffer says it's time. It's time. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it do, do you have people down the line, like in a year, two years, three years, that you think okay, that's that would be a good matchup?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I would say you end of this year, start next year. I want to be starting to break into the to the top fifteen, top ten by next year.
1: What do you reckon? You, so this fight. In June, think you fight again this year?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. At least one, at least once more. Ideally, two more. What that make uh, it four? Yeah, four this year. There's an event in London again, July right, 22nd. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> July? Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: close. You're thinking of fighting like, six weeks after?
0: If I come out healthy, I don't see why not. Yeah,
1: that's fair.
0: If it goes, if it goes well and I'm healthy, then yeah, definitely. And there's, is it back at the O2? Yeah, the O2 again. It's a fight night this time. And then not October, there's an event in Abu, Abu Dhabi. Right,
1: so wow. That would be nice. They still so got fight island? Yeah
0: yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, it. Happens.
1: I loved how every other sport, everything else fell away. Dana White was like, no, I'm finding a way. <laughs> I'm finding a way forward. And, you know, made it, that's it, made it happen. I mean, it was the only sport happening. And did you watch any of it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, crazy. Right. It's the only thing that was on.
1: Yeah, it's the only thing that was on. Absolutely crazy to hear the, just to hear it. Do you know what I mean? The, like you every everything the fighters are saying to each other, every every like leg check, like you know is like a busted shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, You hear it all. The co- there the was something really all the coaches exactly that there was something really powerful about it. And as you say, there wasn't much else going on, so nothing else to feel kind of strongly passionate about competitively. So that was did a phenomenal job in your first fight.
0: Dusko, Dusko, Dusko,
1: yeah. It ended in a very. Uh, in a way that nobody expected. Do you want to talk us through
0: it? Yeah, I'll
1: to you, So you're there. I'm home. This is it. I'm yeah. in the UFC. Yeah. And then
0: the the balloon just burst. <laughs> um, but now it felt felt good in there. As I said, the fight at home, exchanging with with him, just finding my feet, and we entered the clinch against the cage and turned off from the cage. And just as I was kind of rotating t- to try and take him down with a body lock, I heard I heard him like. He just shout, He shouted in pain, basically, and he dropped to the floor. And I was, as he fell, I was thinking, i thinking like, what could have even I've done happened that, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not like I slammed him or yeah. tried to submit him. He just collapsed. Um, and he's just holding his knee. And I was like, just over him, just thinking, nah, no, this, this can't be happening. There's so many thoughts in my head, this can't be happening. Because it's a win, but it's not the win I wanted, and it's not the impression I wanted. I wanted to make a good impression, see my, my debut but yeah it's it's, it's out of our hands yeah yeah it's a memorable one definitely is it looked like ACR watching it which is not the best of injuries but yeah I wish him
1: I mean you you threw a few leg kicks didn't you
0: yeah I did but the leg kicks were landing on his opposite
1: so do you think uh, maybe he had a pre-existing injury just trying to fight through it Mm. yeah it, it went so on that note you came out and yeah. you thought, okay, you know, right, that was that was weird. Your your journalist questions yeah. and, and you know, your answers were basically, you know, yeah, that's not exactly what I wanted, but you know, like we, we keep moving, right? Yeah, and you yeah. also had a really weird one with your last fight in the Cage Warriors. Yeah, yeah, with Jesse Taylor. Jesse Taylor. Jesse Taylor. What? He was
0: at that point was probably the most experienced fighter on the planet. He's been around for years. He had an accident the night before the fight. Last we weighed in, everything's set, good to go. He must have been out in the evening, gone for a walk just because of the jet lag from the States. So he, I think he came over a few days before and he's went for a walk in the evening. And of course the traffic is the opposite. So he what he said is he's looking the opposite way for the traffic and the car hits him in the opposite direction, walks into the road. He said, um, saw, I think he said that he hit the floor felt his arm, but it wasn't anything too serious. In the hospital, went to the hospital, got oh, Jesus, tower, the drove off to the it? car disappeared yeah um, when ball, got it checked out they said it's nothing too serious but there's no way he's going to be able to fight on it so the fight got yeah, cancelled <laughs> got called
1: off there and there. New Year's Eve as well New Year's, of course it was yeah New Year's Eve so, so you've just I been told know. this is you've just been told this is happening you've just been told to write the fight's off this was your second mandatory defence of the belt yeah that's right in your mind you couldn't move you know Uf, UFC weren't coming calling until you'd had that second fight right so, how were you feeling about it the second you were told
0: um, so actually, how we got told was that morning of the fight, Mark got a call that was we was we all in the same hotel room, and it was graham and as soon as soon as he's like, he looked at me Graham being the cage warriors um owner and also manager um yeah, he got a call from Graham. I could see on Mark's face, he looked at me, and he was, I was like who's that He's like, Graham, so he said, Graham." My heart's started again. My heart's beating now. I've just woke up, man. Yeah. The first, I woke up to the phone call, Right. Okay. the phone ringing. So my heart's beating. I'm, the phone's ringing, Mark's I'm face, another way still asleep, basically. And then when I heard Graham, I, I turned around and I'm like, like what's, he, what's he saying? Um, and then we went down to the boardroom, which is where like the cage warriors, cage warriors were set up. Yeah, he came out of the boardroom and I could see that there was a doctor sat down on the chair. In the corner was Jesse, but I couldn't see him behind the door. But I seen the doctor, and then when he walked out, and I was, I walked back up, started walking back up the way in the corridor while he was speaking to Mark. And I come back down, I was just like shaking my head.
1: You knew something was, yeah. It has to
0: be. There's no way he's yeah. calling us at that time yeah. in the morning. It was around eight o'clock, and then we went into a side room, and he came in with Ian Dean, who's the matchmaker, occasional matchmaker, like his right hand man, essentially. And it was me, Dan, and Mark in the room with them. And then he said, um, I've got some news for you. Jesse's been involved in an accident last night and explained, exactly as I explained to you what happened. And then he said, but every cloud's got a silver lining. And he said, you're 99% sure I'm going to be fighting on this USC card in March. So it was very missed. So, so,
1: like, he told you, like, about Jesse, you know, being being in that the accident and then like thirty seconds later. 30 seconds later. So you're like you are trying to process that in the same like, breath. Oh no, I need to because then did did you start thinking, right, this pushes my timeline back. This is put this changes things. When you're saying that I'm when thinking this is
0: gonna yeah, exactly it's gonna push things back for USC potentially. Yeah. I going get I'm <laughs> thinking the worst, I'm like, no. Then he's like, but 90 percent sure so we're gonna be fighting UFC. so I'm like
1: what? What? So I like, but no,
0: but I'm not fighting, but I'm fighting you UFC. but I'm not fighting today. So I was excited about that, but then I was kind of broken that I couldn't fight, perform that night. We went to the fights and even watching them, I was like, oh, I wish I could have been in here. now. But well, you
1: were ready for it. You've been through camp, right? That's yeah, the thing. You've, yeah. You know, you've put, I mean, at that time, you know, like X months work into, you know, in, into being the best you can possibly be at that moment. You know, you've, you've sacrificed for that, you've you've no doubt eaten nothing but exactly what you should be yeah. eating over Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, so yeah that's yeah. even worse. Yeah,
0: everybody's got these big roast dinners. I know cool. my South So you've <laughs> just got a chicken breast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No crazy. gravy. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Veg. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: but I mean, that's the thing. It's the life of a fighter, isn't it? To sacrifice. It's the life of an athlete to yeah, yeah, it's just to normal. sacrifice. So it's completely normal at this point, I guess. But so you, you've just been told to go into the UFC. I just. I just had to bring that out because just for people listening or watching that don't know your, I guess your route to inevitably where you're going, it was that that ended Cage Warriors, but but then started UFC. And then your first UFC fight ends the way it does. Yeah. And I <laughs> think you're just worst. like, do you know what? I just want a normal fight. Can I not just have a, you know, can I not just have a normal, hopefully June, that's yeah. going to be, that's yeah, you know, yeah, so we're yeah, going to yeah. go exactly yeah. as we want it to go, which is, I don't know, like what, what are you doing? Like some, some sort of flying kick into some <laughs> backflip kick. Do you remember um Tekken? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that's
0: like, me and Carl were played out? Backflip the time. kick, martial law. I'll yeah, see that. A...
1: I'll <laughs> get practicing. I know you can backflip. Because wasn't you you showed, you showed me a video of you got to gymnastics for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And within like no time, you were there tumbling. Yeah. You were there yeah, <laughs> round yeah. off into a back and I'm like. And who does that? Like, <laughs> like you have a backflip just before? No. No, nah, nah, I haven't not
0: there. <laughs> just pick things up, man. There's no
1: fear in it. You just have to. So that's what I want to it, see, all right? That's what I wanna yeah. don't, don't tell Mark that we said that. But yeah, yeah. The, the backflip, just keep spamming it. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So hopefully you get a normal fight. You get just, you know, everything goes both your ways in terms of the prep and you know, and, and you both get in there. It's exciting for me. It's exciting for obviously, you know, by extension, I you know, the people around me and your family and you know. But it is because I think sometimes where we're from, Gloucester, it gets kind of a bad rap. It's kind of known for a couple of things. bread West and Rose West, not ideal. Yeah, in Rug, you know, rugby, Yeah. If, you know, yeah. sometimes. And cheese rolling, right? <laughs> That's as right. we right? I just think that we as a city, though, we, we've got so many incredible people doing great things. You know, so many people that are possibly not shone a spotlight on like they could be. Obviously, I count you in that. You know, the fact, it blows my mind that you walk around and you know, Cade Warriors middleweight champion, UFC fighter, and it will happen. Not yet. Will somebody go? Oh, that's you know, I, w- I want people whispering, going, "Is that Christian? Is that, that? Is that Christian?" It will happen. You watch. You know, you'll be out for a run, and people will be like, "I know that guy." You know, and and I think we, you know, we need to try and find, you know, as a city, kind of pride in the people that you know put us on the map in a good way. Yeah. Um, I really believe that. And you know, yes. You know, we, we talked about Mark quite a lot, but you know, he's fundamental. You know, I think he's, you know, he's in the city's DNA. I mean, he spent he spent ten seconds talking to the guy, and it's like, oh, Gloucester, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how do you feel about the, about the city? Obviously, you went, you, you know, you you still live here. You, you've you know been away to Bristol. You're traveling the world now with yeah. with fighting. What are your thoughts in terms of Gloucester and where we are?
0: Now I've travelled a lot. I realise how small Gloucester actually is, but for a small city, there's a lot going on surprisingly there's a lot of talent within the small community very supportive as well even from my amateur days a lot of support coming through especially now i'm on a bigger stage still a lot of support because it's such a small city it's not often that we have people in whatever area that are excelling in that area
1: i guess you know i I look at it and i think you know we're uh you know we are as you said that smaller city but no we're like a real underdog mentality i mean like you know how i think of rocky balboa and I think of Philadelphia, and you think of like okay, so this this isn't New York City, this isn't last, you know, this isn't Los Angeles, this isn't this is gritty. This yeah, is yeah, like, this, you is know, it. this is it. This is Um, and I I think you know, I love the idea of you know just the the people that we get you know coming out of this city doing things exactly like that, and they've they've all got a great story to tell. You know, in a place where you know, especially compared to like the Cotswolds and Cheltenham, which are just next door, there's there's just not the money here that there is in you know yeah, some of yeah, those yeah. other places, and it hardens you. Do you know what I mean? That kind of fighters mentality definitely that like you said the grit even even
0: March gym the it's the grit of the gym you know it's not like it's the most flash gym where everybody's there to train you know it brings everybody people that do come and stay
1: They're there to train you know yeah. you know we, we just need to celebrate our you know celebrate the people here just that bit more and you know, I think we are good at it but the spotlight needs to be shown is anybody going out to Vegas to watch? I think Calvin might be coming. But with this event, it's
0: um, at the apex. Nice. So it's also a bit more like, behind closed doors. Quite intimate. The prices are stupid. I, I would like them to come out there. But I would usually get tickets to give to your friends and family. But they're not doing it for this event for that reason. Because
1: it's... it's how like many people will
0: be... I think it's under 100 people that fit in there.
1: Really? Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's really intimate, isn't it? Jesus.
0: Exactly. Usually you get like, the more a list. Like, celebrities and stuff coming.
1: Okay, okay. So you're going to be rubbing shoulders with... Potentially. With some... <laughs> Potentially Who's <is> there. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah, it would be good. I think maybe later on I could work something, but for now, I'm, I don't really have much weight to pull, you know. So fresh no, in the a, th- game.
1: I mean, on that note, from a marketability perspective, you are, you know, you're very real. As I say, you know, there's there's not this kind of Grandstanding, not this. You know, I'm gonna shout and make my voice heard. You know, you let your you let your fight and do the talking, definitely. And then I was gonna say sensitive. I think you are, but you know, like you know, in terms of you know, like when being interviewed afterwards, you know, you're thoughtful, you're articulate. It's not you know, it's not like you know, grabbing the mic and you know, calling people out and that sort of thing. Yet, you know, with with that being said, though those louder people do get heard, do build followers. You know, sometimes they pull fights or you know pull eyeballs because of that, right? But that isn't. That's just not you. I don't, I, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I I, I don't feel like you're ever going to get to that stage yeah. as as an athlete, as a sport, as a person, and even beyond UFC. You know, we've spoken briefly about, you know, it doesn't stop, it doesn't, you know, it begins here. This isn't the end. Yeah. You know, there's so much more you 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 want to do. But you know, how are you? How do you find in that that marketing yourself or that kind of Christian Leroy Duncan as a brand? Like, you know, is that is it weird for you?
0: No, no, I wouldn't say weird. As I say, I've got. I'm my own person, my own character. I'm not like I'm not, not that loud person, like you said, is going to be calling people out. That's not me, you know, it's true to myself. But again, I think it's just a different kind of avenue. People have their own avenues. This is mine.
1: I think there's room for it, I really do. Yeah, I think yeah, there's exactly. room for some humility.
0: I think more so in MMA, it's not common. But in sports, like, I think I come from basketball. So it's not very, like, brute and brash, you know, like the way people are on the mic. Very respectful. They don't swear. They don't curse, you know, they show respect to their flip. obviously, rival teammates and whatever. Yeah. So, you have rivalries and they talk about it. I think because I came from that, it's, mm. that's been me anyway, and I carried it into this sport too. You're just not familiar with it in the sport right now. Boxing is a bit more, a bit more so. Again, that's coming coming more with the MMA, the bruteness of MMA. Um, wrestling is all talk, oh, of course. You know so. how that is.
1: UFC and WWE are now owned by the same company. Yeah, aren't yeah, they? yeah. They are. So, yeah. you know, I wonder. I, I've no idea how that's going to change things, you know. I think it's a positive, though. Right? I think so. You know, I think bring, bring some of that kind of, you know, huge thinking that WWE has always had. And yeah. um, I mean, the UFC has always had that big thinking as well. Um, just combined. combine it. It's, it's definitely exciting. Do you think fighters are paid what they are worth? With a
0: payment, obviously, if you come in, they don't know who, they don't know how you're going to get on. After three fights, if you're performing well, then you're going to start getting paid more the right money I think it, like you said it's what you're worth because Conor McGregor is getting paid he's not complaining about what he's getting paid no he's <laughs> not you know yeah. so like you said I think it just comes to what you're worth
1: it's you You give quite literally blood sweat and tears to it you know for months brief fight you know you, you really put yourself through the ring and you do sacrifice a lot you know some fighters have come out and said you know we don't think you know basically we don't think we're being paid enough basically haven't yeah. they
0: yeah 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 that's understandable that's understandable but again once you're in that top you know percent then in the ufc then you're gonna be paid you're gonna be yeah. looked after
1: did you practice ramadan this year
0: yeah yeah i did actually
1: yeah how's that during the camp
0: it's tough man it's tough especially leading up to the to the event we just make things work it's mainly for the discipline i've been doing it for the past three years i've done yeah. it. i've done it but yeah, it's for the discipline and for the health benefits as well just knowing that you can put yourself through that and still carry on but it was tough man the training you have know, sometimes don't have energy you have to manage your energy
1: I can't imagine how tough, that is, how hard that is. Your body adjusts
0: after a week or so, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's difficult, man.
1: And you came to that by your girlfriend, right? Yeah, or yeah, your yeah partner. My partner,
0: yeah, yeah. I respect time just for the fact of trying. I thought I would as always, a challenge almost to yourself Yeah, still, yeah, right? yeah. And a lot of my, my close friends as well, they obviously grew up practicing. So I thought, yeah, just try it out. And yeah, it was good, man. It
1: was an experience. Would you say you were a Muslim do you just practice aspects of not officially
0: i haven't taken my shahada which is essentially your oath that you take to become. what's still learning a lot a lot my friends showing me a lot showing me like how to practice and the teachings but i respect a lot of the teachings as well it's more so for like yeah the discipline yeah were
1: you really just before this no 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 no
0: kind of I'm, just not eyes open to, to yeah and- i'm very open to curiosity exactly exactly same way when i come into made, just curious because i'm always willing to learn listen to what people got to say it's more it's more of that aspect you know just i always like learning and understanding things see so yeah, i've tried to learn some languages as well yeah you said tell me about that so um yeah my some of my closest friends that i grew up with and that i've known for a long time as well obviously Gloucester to be very multicultural we got different, obviously, religions, ethnicities, backgrounds, and some of my close friends um, speak different languages. And one of my close friends speaks a language called Urdu, mm. which is spoken in in pa- Pakistan mainly. So I started um, learning Urdu first. I learned the alphabet, so I can read it, I can write it, and then I learned to speak as well. So I practice. A lot of people in Gloucester, a lot of the shops here, some of the few places they speak. So I practice going to the shopping and practice like ordering my food and speaking yeah. to them. And you been tired of thinking. Like, like, okay, how do you know? Where are you from? How okay. do you know that? Amazing. <laughs> I said I'm from here, from Gloucester. They're like, no, but where you? How do you know this? How do you know this? It's interesting to be able to speak to people you know, and
1: share. So if you get a Russian mate, all of a sudden you're there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: Chinese mate, you're
1: gonna be like the, speak the most languages of anybody in Gloucester <laughs> just because you're like, oh, yeah, I met a guy.
0: This one, of, yeah, just chat to them, man. And you can see you get more of interaction from people as well when you speak their own Oh, 100%. Own language, yeah.
1: So. yeah. Yeah. I think, I guess, as a, as a nation, we're terrible at it. Yeah, You yeah, know, definitely. Because we go everywhere and the and yeah, expectation is, no, you, you're going to speak English. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> think, oh, that's impressive. And again, it speaks to, for you, I think, just that curiosity. You're like, okay, there's something to learn. I need to learn it. And that's, that's fascinating. I think... With this podcast, and in fact, the, the whole reason I've wanted to do this, it is although it's called the starting line, it's to talk about where people came from, and we all start from somewhere, and you know, it's, it's to talk about the the highs and lows, and you know, like success and motivation and drive and all those things. It is also intellectual curiosity. Let me, you know, I don't know that thing, I don't know anything about that thing, exactly. and I love that. But, I mean, I love, I love feeling like I'm right at the beginning, you know, and that's yeah, exactly, right at the beginning exactly. of a journey or something, and it seems like you kind of have that. That kind of mentality. It's
0: a challenge again. It's
1: a challenge. It's been, honestly, man, a pleasure. No, I really appreciate you having me on here. Appreciated this. It's, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, it's, it's great. So, no, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure, man. And there we have it. Christian Leroy Duncan. Just a genuinely lovely human being that gets in an octagon and punches people for a living. So, the second one of those that does that from Gloucester that we've had on the Starting On podcast. And I'm really proud to to bring their stories to you. I think it's important that we support and celebrate. That's if we can all be positive, if we can all get behind people trying to do great things. You know, positivity begets positivity, as wanky as that sounds. Oh, God. All right, throw that to one side. If you want to follow Christian, you can follow him on Instagram at Christian Leroy Duncan, where if you go to his reels you'll see a video of him flipping around like it's nothing. Like this this guy, he's never done anything gymnastic and yet here he is back flipping for fun, spins, twists. So I cannot wait to see him bring that just athletic ability into his next fights. He's, he's already, as we said, done it in terms of cage warriors and he's not really had the chance to show that yet in UFC. So hopefully when it comes to the fight in November, So that is November the 18th in Las Vegas. He can really, really show what he's all about. Again, you can follow us, Starting Line Show, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Starting Line Podcast on Facebook. Find out more, startinlinepod.com. Email us, hello at startinglinepod.com. It is always, always lovely to hear from you. And I was told recently that I need to give more of myself. I've had a few people say that. They say, you know, guests are great. Chat from you is average, but... (laughs) Uh nah. they yeah, people have said you know it'd be good to know more about you. So I don't know. It's always a bit weird. Just you know, it's it's written, you know, I've written bits about my background, my upbringing, things that I've achieved, whatnot. In the if you go to the podcast description, you'll see some stuff. But yeah, maybe I'll speak to it a little bit more over time, I guess. You know, I think about the podcast I like and I, I go back for the host as well as the guests. So I might start posting a tiny bit more on social media that's not just plugs for each episode and I don't know. I'm working this out. I'm making it up as I go along every day, just like I always have done with a business, and that seems to have done pretty well. Continues to uh, to surprise me the kind of weird and wonderful things in PR that you know we can get paid to do and have fun doing it. So, Also, I guested on a podcast this week called Hardcore Listing. That's Hardcore L listing, and <laughs> I'm on there talking about my top five favorite PR stunts. So if you want to... Listen to me talk nonsense and be silly with the hosts, Stu Whiffin and Chris Glasson, two guys actually I already knew of, because as a long-time listener of Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces, they've cropped up in quite a few of the drunk casts, and it always gets silly, always gets messy, and yeah, it, it felt like chatting to friends, which was very, very nice. They also do other podcasts. Stu is the host of the MMA Fan Podcast. So if you've listened to this and like this, go and give that a listen. He co hosts with Blake Harrison, who was Neil on The In Between Us. And he's also the editor of Pod Bible Magazine. That's podbiblemag.com, which is kind of a magazine for podcasters and anybody who loves podcasting. So yeah, lovely chat. Go and have a listen. All that needs to be said, good luck to Christian for November the 18th, and thank you very much. Bye.